Good evening and welcome to tonight's podcast of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I first and foremost want to give respect to Jason Almy, who did such an amazing, he dived more in depth into my man Godfrey than I did. And so I want to give him a, I want to give him a gold star for that. It was amazing, you know, because I, I just cinematically talked about it. But oh God, he dove into the social structures of my man Godfrey and the story more so. Yeah. You know, I, I want I want a degree in film too, just like you. I'm 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 being serious. I wanna I wanna teach it. So tonight I thought, you know, what what could we talk about? Because there's so many films out there. We are, you know, now knee deep into Academy Awards season. I still have not yet watched the United States versus Billy Holiday. That's on my that's on my high list because growing up listening to Billy Holiday, this is only the second time that a film about her has been nominated for an Oscar. Uh, last time was in 1972 for Lady Sings the Blues. Diana Ross is Billy Holiday. In fact, Diana Ross inducted Billy Holiday into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame under early influences. But that's Diana Ross's voice. A little different than Billie Holiday, where Audra Day... Audra Day and Audra McDonald. Audras. These Audras. Audra McDonald did Billie Holiday live at the Bar and Grill on Broadway. And was able to conjure Billie Holiday's voice, which is not a easy thing to do. And then Audra Day was also able to do it in the film. And uh, that's an interesting thing is these performances. And I bring that up because I thought tonight, let's talk about what's love got to do with it. Because this month, this is, of course, you know, we we are celebrating women. At the end of the month, they're going to do a really great documentary on Tina Turner for, I think it's HBO. And the fact that she's still alive and able to talk about it. And I am looking forward to that. And so we're not so, yeah, we could talk about, I mean, the film, What's Love Got to Do With It? We could talk about it, but I think we're just going to talk about the upcoming documentary about Tina Turner. And I figured, you know, it's good to just bring music and film together. But that What's Love Got to Do With It film not only cemented Angela Bassett as a force, but put Tina Turner while she she's still alive but even back then into the forefront that story you know and yes I I Turner I Turner was a you know not a, a good man in that but in the early days of rock and roll it was Ike Turner and she has said that without Ike Turner she wouldn't be where she is today but the abuse, you know, the abuse started early. And she talked to Oprah about that once. The first time he hit her. And she remembered. And she and she said it. And uh, this documentary is going to cover all of that. She's in her 80s now. She's stopped performing. A lot of that is also... If you've ever seen the Oprah interview with her and Oprah, she... And people were shocked by this. I wasn't because, hello, that's what you do for a living. She said she was really tired of singing and dancing, Tina Turner. And Oprah was like, you're tired of it? She's like, Oprah, it's work. 
and how she was she'd been doing it for 50 something years she's got those legs she's out there dancing everyone you know she, everyone's having fun and tina's up there working that's what she talked about and how her body her age everything had started to fall into you know she was taking a medication for her blood pressure and how she had to fake some of those notes she couldn't hit those notes and that really pissed her off you know i mean and she had an she has an extraordinary voice first of all no one sounds like tina turner if you've ever watched what's we're gonna refer we're gonna do some references if you've ever watched what's love got to do with it and this is in the book where ike has got her in the house and she's singing make me over and the mother comes in and she's like and the mother played by miss jennifer lewis i just read her book the mother of black hollywood and her and Angela Bassett, I think, are close and are a couple of years apart in terms of here she's playing her mother, um, Zelma Bullock. And she says, what the wrong, what the hell are you doing in here? You got us sounding like a man. Ike's like, well, you know what? That's what sells records, Miss Bullock. Mr. Ike Turner played by the effervescent. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne, who is such a great actor, has done Shakespeare. And here he is playing Ike Turner. <laughs> Not Nat Turner, Ike Turner. Displaying the abuse. But also, you know, Tina has said that Ike really named her real name was Anime Bullock. And that he really named her Tina so that he owned her in a way. So if she ran away. That name, Tina Turner, is Patton. Yeah. So he had it all figured out. Or did he? When she left him in 1975. So there's a lot of... There's a a lot of that we're going to be talking about for tonight. So... You know, I, I am I am looking forward to this Tina Turner documentary. I thought we'd look up a little information on it. She's a survivor. She's also a Sagittarius. I thought I'd throw that in there. It's something about Sagittarius is the resilience you know rising from the ashes like a phoenix which she did think about that she's in the ike and tina turner review okay proud mary all these songs make them and here's the thing she also mentioned was you know ike was never really well known outside of st louis but when she came on board that's when they were famous all over the world you know proud mary and fool in love And so when she left him, she left with nothing except that name, which she knew he would he could have gotten said, oh, no, I named you Tina Turner. You're anime Bullock. And she left with that name and worked and worked. And it wasn't until 1983, 1984, private dancer. And what's love got to do with it? That song and then writing I, Tina with Kurt Loder of MTV. I can't wait for this documentary. Available Sunday, March 28th. Tina. With a wealth of never-before-seen 
footage, audio tapes, personal photos, and new interviews, including with the singer herself. Tina presents an unvarnished and dynamic account of the life and career of music icon Tina Turner. Everything changed when Tina began telling her story, a story of trauma and survival that gave way to a rebirth as a record-breaking queen of rock and roll. But behind closed doors, the singer struggled with the survivor narrative that meant her past was never fully behind her. Directed by Dan Lindsay and T.J. Martin, the documentary charts Tina Turner's early fame, the private and public personal and professional struggles, and her return to the stage as a global phenomenon in the 1980s. Angela Bassett, Oprah Winfrey, journalist Kurt Loder, playwright Katori Hall, and Tina's husband, Erwin Bach, are among the interviews in the intimate documentary. So this is going to be interesting, and I love it because she's still with us. I have a feeling she's going to be with us for a long time. She's got it. She's That's the thing of a Sagittarius, and that's the thing of a survivor like Miss Tina Turner. If she, she has said if she were to ever come back, would people really accept her just singing these ballads in a fabulous gown? Versus up there, given that high energy you know, Octane, known as The Stage, which she did so well for 50-something years. You know, there's a performance of hers I've talked about that she's actually embarrassed by. I don't know about now. Maybe it was because of Ike. If you've ever seen Gimme, Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones documentary, by the Maisel brothers, Albert and David Maisels, who also did Grey Gardens and Let It Be. I think they did Let It Be. I could be wrong on that, but so Tina Turner and or Ike and Tina are in the, the Rolling Stones documentary. This is before the ultimate footage, the alt, ultimate speedway footage, which turned into a chaotic mess. Okay. Their, their performance was at Madison Square Gardens. And so Tina, Ike and Tina are doing I've Been Loving You So Long by Otis Redding, who had just died. Okay? And they showed Tina Turner this footage once on 60 Minutes, and she couldn't watch it. Because she was so embarrassed by it. Because it's a very sexualized performance. And, and you know, she's talking about, oh, uh, you give me what I want. And she's stroking that microphone. Beyonce has tried her best to replicate Tina Turner's style. She can't do it. So much so that Tina Turner, I don't know about now, but back then in 1996, in her 60 Minutes interview with the late Mike Wallace, was embarrassed by that footage. But there is a moment where she is, no one can ever touch her in this moment, is Tina Turner starts... Um, she, she's, you know, she's stroking that microphone and she says, and I want you to give it to me. And then she lets it only the way a blues artist can do it. This is part of rock and roll and the essence of the blues is this is Miss Anime Bullock, Tina Turner coming out. OK, and she lets it rip. No one else can touch her like that. Beyonce can't even touch her vocally because she brought the blues in and let it rip. And that's a moment where I don't think she needs to be embarrassed. That's power right there. No one else could do that. 
especially at that time. And the way Tina Turner sang, you know, like I said, in the beginning, in the movie, and that is real, the mother is saying, what's she doing? She sounded like a man because the way the register of her voice and it was very powerful. She grew up singing in the church. Originally, she was going to be a nurse. And her mother said to her, Zelma Bullock, may she rest in peace, said, would you rather to sing than to be a nurse? And she says, yeah. Because originally she was going to be an actress. Because she talked about in the 40s going to see the movies and always, you know, doing what the woman did on screen for her mother to show her. You know, and she ended up going into the movies briefly. You know, you look at she was the acid queen and Tommy directed by Ken Russell. Hello. And then she was in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Now, that song is epic. We don't need another hero beyond Thunderdome. I love what's good love got to do with it. But for me, that that's where it's at right there. You want to sum up the 80s and Tina Turner? Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. We don't need another hero. Um, and, T- and the way Tina Turner does that, you know, I, I absolutely love her. Never got to see her in concert. But you know what? I listened to those records. My goodness. She was still doing it. She was still doing it. And so now, if she were to put out an album now, people would buy it. But in terms of her performance, that's what she was known for. This electrifying, this beautiful woman who is at the top of her powers and and those legs. That's what they, they always talked about. Even as she got into her 60s and 70s, those legs, Hanes, you know? And... There's a, there was a really great moment in the 60 Minutes piece, I'll never forget, where uh, Mike Wallace says to her, you, do you have problems with this throat in the airplane? And she's like, no. She says, nothing could kill it. You couldn't kill this throat. You know, she talked about country living and how she grew up in the country and how they would throw their voices if there was a phone call. Hey, it's it's Tina Turner, you know? And so I am so looking forward to this documentary. What a, what a powerhouse. And, you know, has lost a lot along the way. You know, her son committed suicide. She had to get a new kidney. And, you know, but she's she talks about early in those days when, you know, it was her and Ike. She couldn't feel sorry for herself because she was in the mode. She was in the mode. And when he finally when she finally left him and what that did for her, because she talked about, you know, in a couple of interviews with Oprah, how, you know, she in the early days, I can Tina, she's got to work, work, work. And then how she's having to work again for herself to have, you know, enough money to just retire. And I love, a, a, she said, you know, if I can find it, because it, sometimes it's better to just have her tell it in her own words. And this is a film podcast. I would encourage all of you to watch Mad, Mad, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. She's not just Auntie, is it, what was that character's name? Auntie, Auntie M or Auntie E? She, I mean, that, that character is Tina Turner. I mean, that is that is rock and roll right there. And she's playing against Mr. Um, Mel Gibson when Mel Gibson was at the top of his powers. 
and this this Tina Turner documentary uh I I am I am just in awe of it. I, let's see. Let's see. I can't really play any clips from it. Technically retired from the stage, she does consider even doing press uh, a form of work. It's an extension. That's interesting. So I'm going to find the Oprah interview because she says at this point in her life, she's found her nirvana. I mean that that made Oprah's that made Oprah's eyes water. She's saying she found her nirvana. Took her a long time to get there. Oh my goodness. Oh here it is. Here it is. This is if I can find it. Uh, you know, whenever I got to certain songs like Simply the Best or Proud Mary or What's love got Here it is. On working on high blood pressure. Yeah. I was taking medication, which pulled me back. I didn't. Have, I couldn't get into that second gear to, yeah. to to fly. Is that what would happen to you on stage? It feels surreal. It was the second gear. The first few seconds was, you know, the look and everything. And then the second song, I started to perspire, and I was losing the beauty. But that wasn't important then because I knew I already had my audience. And then I made the first costume change. Second gear. I went for it. Third gear, that was when I changed the clothes the last time, got on that crane, and went out to the people. And that was it. So it started to become harder. I couldn't hit my notes. Damn it, I wanted to hit those notes. And I had to really fake those notes somehow, you know, but I managed it. It took every drop of energy and life out of me. Afterwards, I took a hot bath and just laid and then I would eat. And it would take really until the next evening for me to restore that energy back. So I did nothing but that so that I could complete, continue. Yeah. yeah. So everyone thought because it was so you were so believable on stage. Effortless. It looked effortless. It's not that I didn't enjoy it, Oprah. I enjoyed that. You know, whenever I got to certain songs like Simply the Best or Proud Mary or... What's love got to do with it? There were certain key songs, but there were certain songs in between that worked me a little bit harder to get to those ones. My idea is still, if I ever go back for any reason in any way, I will have to create another way that will get people to accept it because no one ever wants to see Tina do performance any other way than that. Right. Well, you can't add 100 or 80 or 90. I love how she says that. But... If I can find it where she talks about, she talks about I, I where she says um, at the end, she says, I realized I was going home much more than a house or a place that she was going home. This is the this is the final part of her life. And if I can get a little bit of the here we go. My mother, she used to sit in the window of the kitchen when she was making dinner on Sundays. I used to just watch her. I thought she was so pretty. One day she wasn't in that window. She was never in it again. I wanted her to come for me. And I waited. She never did. 
it's all right. You know why? Yep. Here we go. myself that's all I can play from the documentary that comes out March 28th. Those of us who will be watching. It's going to be a moment. It's going to be a moment. And I thought, let's bring a little bit of the six. This is this is the interview that I love. Let's see. Oh, here we go. This is perfect right here. Now, she's going to say something to him. Mike Wallace, Tina Turner is going to say, no, you must be good to me. I think cause she saw the Barbara Streisand interview that Mike Wallace did that became infamous. And here we go. This is this is this is a really great moment. And this is why I love I love this interview. This is Tina Turner in 1996 when she was in her 50s. Or as Mike Wallace said, she was feeling 19. Here we go. Here it is. I had never been to a rock concert before I met Tina Turner, and I confess I had no intention of going to one. But when Ed Bradley was unable to do this profile, I jumped at the chance, for this lady is a legend. Whatever you want me to do. I don't believe it. (laughs) She looks 19. (laughs) But you just remember one thing on our first meeting. You must be good to me. Oh, I'm going to be good to you. Why why would I be otherwise? Just make sure you be good to me. Well, that was surely no chore, for she is a joy to be with offstage. That's true. Oh, yeah. I was when, and then she talks about being bigger in Europe at that time. You know, whoo! What a, what an icon! What an icon! Born in Nutbush, Tennessee, on November. Well, let's see. I I want to get it right, you know, because she's a Sagittarius. Born Tina Tina Turner, born Anime Bullock, November twenty sixth, nineteen thirty nine. In Brownsville, Tennessee, grew up in Nutbush, Tennessee. Remember Nutbush, Tennessee limits? She wrote that. You know, um, what what a what an iconic career. And so I am I am looking forward to this uh, documentary. And I thought, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Tina. Nobody can touch her. Nobody, nobody. Even in the eighties, think about that. She was in her 40s. She's she's doing these high octane concerts. Mm. Oh my goodness. In a March 2021 interview with Today, Tina described the film as a parallel parallel story to her memoir, Happiness Becomes You, which was released in December 2020. Mm. Yeah. I had I had heard about this. So I am I am excited. I I haven't read her book though yet. Happiness Becomes You. Mm. That's good. A guide to change your life for good. And she did it. 
she was, you know, she studied Buddhism and she changed her life for the better. My goodness, what a, what an inspiration to men, to women, to, uh, you, you think of, uh, performers, men and women, everyone, non-binary. It's beautiful. So Tina Turner, you're still with us. I am in awe. I've always been in awe. My, my, you know what though? Say, okay, yes. Phil Spector, who, who died recently, controversial figure. Oh yeah. He early on saw the brilliance in Tina Turner and without Ike got her to record River Deep Mountain High. And there's a really great performance that she did in the 90s where it's the old, it's her in the 60s doing River Deep Mountain High. And then it's her now and how the footage coincides. So say what you will about the crazy, controversial Phil Spector. He knew what he was doing when he, because he personally selected her to sing River Deep Mountain High. He wanted it to be perfect, to be immaculate. And he got it. And he got a performance out of Tina. First of all, it was big in Europe. It was not big in the U.S. But he got a performance out of her that I don't think even Ike could get. And I think that was the beginning of realizing that she could do things without Ike. It was the beginning. That's the 1960s. And other people, other people have done their interpretation of River Deep, Mountain High. But hey, the lyric speaks for itself. I like the way, uh, just like Tina loves to sing. He wrote that especially for her. So when other people try to do River Deep, Mountain High, only one person who could do it, and that's Tina Turner. And so I... I we got to mark those calendars for March 28th. You know, I'm, I am looking forward to that documentary. The fact that she's still, she's still so vibrant, so beautiful, you know, inside and out. What a, what a, what an icon. And I, and I say that with a capital I, I am, I am just, uh, when I hear that singing, when I hear her voice singing, you know, it's going to be all right. You know what I mean? I was a baby in the 80s, so I remember the first time I heard What's Love Got to Do With It. Or You Better Be Good to Me. Uh, Let's Stay Together, which is an old Al Green song, which she, she made her own. Typical male. Steamy windows. I remember I knew someone in high school, and they were, ta- and they were talking about, oh, this country started steamy windows. This, yeah, Tina Turner did it, too. No, he, no, she didn't. Oh, yes, she did. Steamy windows. You know, uh, I don't want to fight, which Lulu. So Lulu, if you if you have ever seen To Serve With Love with Mr. Sidney Poitier, there is an actress and singer in there. Her name is Lulu. And she wrote, I don't want to fight for Tina Turner, which is in the film. What's love got to do with it? What a, what a performance. Like I said, Tina always brought it. And so to have her at this point in her life reflecting about where she's been, where she's going, 
the history, the ethos, the DNA, all of those things when she was first born. Anna Mae Bullock in 1939 to now. She's married. She's She is at a point in her life where she is happy. So this is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Also, briefly, let's mention, because there, there is, and, and I wouldn't say there's controversy, but What's Love Got to Do With It is a tough film to watch. It's a tough film to watch. And it is Tina Turner's story, directed by Brian Gibson, based on I, Tina, by Tina Turner and Kurt Loder, starring Angela Bassett as Miss Tina Turner and Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner. So... So I am I am I am in awe of Miss Tina Turner. <sighs> what a what an icon. What a woo. There's that moment in the movie though. Angela Bassett, yeah, she's lip syncing, but ooh, she's bringing it. You know, was nominated for the Academy Award, didn't win. Didn't win. Should have won. I've always stood by that. And she's in the documentary, Angela Bassett, and she looks good. That's the beauty of Angela Bassett. She's not only beautiful on the inside she, or on the outside, she's beautiful on the inside. You can see that. What an actress who, you know, when someone's going to play you and you're still alive, there's a lot to, I mean, think about that. Think of the trepidation that she probably had taking on that role. The physicality of playing Tina Turner. Everyone knew, okay, you could play Tina Turner. You gotta you gotta be in good shape. And and also the the demanding of the role. And all you're you're breathing life into someone who's still alive. She's so much she did Tina Turner justice. It is so beautiful to watch. And that's why it was so that's sad that here's that is such a legendary performance. And she didn't win an Oscar for it. And yeah, this that is an industry award. And they gave it to someone else. And since then, Angela Bassett hasn't been nominated for an Academy Award. That's that's a big travesty in Hollywood. Is this great actress who does supporting roles, who is was in Black Panther, was in American Horror Story, you know, has won Emmys. But, you know, oh my goodness. Don't get me started on Miss Angela Bassett because I did a show about her back in February. What an icon. Think of the performances. Think of the films that she has done. And of course, I would be remiss if I, if I didn't mention Wait to Exhale, Bernadine Harris. But this is about Tina Turner and what Miss Angela Bassett did. That performance playing Tina Turner. It's iconic. It's that is legendary. That's truly legendary. So let's get ready for this documentary on Tina Turner. <sighs> that she's found her nirvana at this time in her life. That 
She's lived through it. She's 81 years young. And, and she looks amazing. And I know she feels amazing. She's living in Europe now, in Switzerland. And so when people go on about her retirement, she's earned it. She's earned it. And this documentary is going to talk about a lot of that. Things we know, things we didn't know. Surprising things. So stay tuned. March 28th on HBO. Tina Turner. Woo! She is the queen of rock and roll. Nobody can touch her. Nobody. Oh, it's going to be unavailable on HBO Max. I love this poster of it. I really, truly do. What a... I'm sometimes speechless with her. That's probably why I didn't see her in concert. (laughs) I would have been staring like... Yeah. As always, unpleasant dreams.